good is the touch early on? Looks really good. Very good. And how about that start? Good morning, ladies and gents. Welcome to the latest episode of the Open Commute in association with Callaway Golf, the special edition of the Bunker Podcast, coming to you live all week from the Old Course St Andrews, the Open Championship. Well, we're a quarter of the way there at this point, and I am delighted to say that I'm joined by another special guest. Yesterday, we had Kyle Porter from CBS. He joined us at Augusta for the Masters Commute. This time, I'm going back to Augusta, bringing him over to Scotland. I'm kind of getting the band back together, it feels <laughs> like, in some ways. Sean Zach from Golf.com, an adopted Scot, no less. Welcome back. Yeah, I'm a local here. I'm more local than you are. It, you actually <laughs> are. That, that, that staggers me to think that you are more local to St Andrews. But we spoke about this at Augusta. Mm -hmm. You were planning on coming over and spending the, the summer in St Andrews. You've been doing that. How has it been? Oh, you know, I can really only tell one story quickly about it. It's just that my coworkers who I FaceTime and I'm on Zoom calls with have, they've reiterated, Sean, you look really happy. You sound really <laughs> happy. And I think it's only because I really am happy. It's, it's been a great, uh, I guess, step back into a simple life mm -hmm. over here. I walk everywhere. Uh, it's a very simple town that, you know, the shops open up at nine and they close down at six or seven. You know, there's... It's, it, I, I think the word simple can be reductive, but it, it's the only word I come up with here because life is simple. You call a taxi when you need a taxi. You don't know when they're going to show up. You just have to wait for them to show up. Yeah. There's no Uber, no Uber Eats, and it, it's a simple life that I'm really enjoying. Welcome to Scotland. Yes. <laughs> it's it's going to be a culture shock now when you go back I know, to the States. I kind of don't want that to happen right now. You could just become like the Scot in residence for golf.com. Give that a go. Well, surely, surely they can make it work. My mom and dad would not approve. Oh, I they, see. They appreciate me being a little closer to home, so... It's a, a three-month journey, but, you know, I'm not even halfway over with it yet, so we got plenty of time after this Open. And you timed it impeccably, as we said at Augusta, uh, you know, scratching my chin. Was there something that made you come this year? Obviously, the, the 150th, <laughs> we're now 18 holes in. Well, I, I say that. I'm saying that for the benefit of the listeners, because by the time they hear this, it's going to be Friday morning. You'll be driving to your work. It's actually, right now, it's 7.30 in the evening on Thursday and there's still an awful lot of golf a to be lot played, of golf isn't there? Yes. As we look at it, Tiger Woods has... He's coming down 14 at the moment, I believe. <laughs> and it's not going his way, Sean. No, no. If you, when you write stories about what happened today, Tiger is barely a footnote in the action because, well, frankly, what he did on the first hole, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Roy McIlroy is finishing off a great round, and over there on the first hole, leading off his day, is Tiger Woods making double bogey, and he would make another double bogey during his round, and I think we're surprised by that. Like, I'm surprised by it. I, I think he's maybe the smartest golfer who's ever played, and I think this is a very thinking man's setup. Mm -hmm. It is firm and fast. Roy McIlroy called it fiddly, which just means, like, you need a wild attention to detail. And I thought that Tiger Woods, the greatest iron player who le ever lived, would just play smarter golf than all of these guys out here. And we didn't see that today. So where has it gone wrong up to now? Do you think it is just decision making? Do you think it's lack of reps? Do you think it's physically, he's, he looks like he's walking okay, but maybe physically he's impaired a little bit. What, I, what's the single yeah, biggest cause? I think this think? is one of those rounds that, you know, if you have 
if you have rounds of 66 and you have rounds of 76 and normally you're somewhere in the middle, like this is one of those outlier rounds. Like I, I would imagine Tiger Woods to break par tomorrow. I think he's still a very good golfer on this setup, but he just got in weird spots. I think his ball on one was in a divot, kind of sitting in a spot that- Do not get me started on divots, Sean, jeez. <laughs> yeah, and just like sitting in a spot that is not easy. And he made one mistake, which is, chunking it from that spot when like look you're you're playing a 72 hole tournament hopefully just go along just try and give yourself an up and down from beyond the green instead of trying to get cute with it and chunking it short and obviously ending up in the burn like i think he's the only person in that burn today yes i think so too yeah Yeah. and and it's just it's the most perfect hazard that everyone in the field avoided but him and it's a, a weird rare move that tiger woods made but like you said Maybe it is reps. This is only his third golf tournament this year. He might play one more golf tournament this year. It might be his event in December, right? And at that point, like, these guys talk about how tournament golf is different than normal golf. He's been playing a decent amount of normal golf, right? He went to Ireland with Rory McIlroy. That's normal golf. Now he's losing to Rory McIlroy by about 15 shots. Like, that's, that's tournament golf. I'm a little surprised by how he's played today. I'm not surprised that he's made mistakes. You know, I think it's inconceivable to think that even the great Tiger Woods can go a couple of months without playing a competitive round of golf against the best players in the world and not make some mistakes. It's the fact he's compounded them. Mm-hmm. You talk about basically fatting it into the burn on mm-hmm. one. The issue was that he then compounded the mistake by not holding the putt coming back. I mean, mm-hmm. that is an eminently makeable putt. And he, he didn't really give himself the chance to make it. Yeah. It's, it's, he's making un-Tiger-like mistakes. And... I find it quite sad when you consider how not just the fact he won twice here, but the ways in which he won twice mm-hmm. around here. He dominated the field mm-hmm. and the golf course. Now he doesn't look like a guy that's capable of getting close to doing either. Yeah, I mean, Rory McIlroy was asked about 2000 when Tiger Woods missed every bunker at St. Andrews. 112 bunkers out here that no one no one will go all week without hitting into a bunker this week. And... Uh, Rory called it full control, like the most obvious version of full control of your golf ball. And gosh, Tiger doesn't have control of like any part of his game. Like it's truly like putter through driver. He just doesn't have like total control. He doesn't have a good finish to look back on. He does. Right? Like, yeah. like I think that's been a decent thing. For, that's a big thing for pro golfers is to look back on like the last time I did this in a tournament round. Tiger can walk around here comfortably on Tuesday, Monday, Sunday, even Saturday with Justin Thomas and, you know, have a level of confidence. But it's not it's nothing like saying, oh, I finished T13 at the Memorial or, you know, I had a really good finish at Bay Hill. And so that's where we're at with him is if he is this ceremonial type of golfer only playing the majors. It's going to be hard for him, I think, to have a ton of confidence over every type of lie, every type of shot, things like divots. When was the last time he hit out of a divot in a tournament? So true. Like, yeah, for sure years ago and surgeries ago, stuff yeah. like that. You know, it's just it's tricky. And so that's that's a little bit of where we're at. And I think we learned a little bit about Tiger today. But he's not going to have a huge amount of time either before he has to be back out no. in round two. I'm slightly surprised that the RNA gave him the late early tea times for a couple of reasons one there was some speculation coming into the week i definitely bought into it that he may choose to wave farewell and sure. an evening farewell on the bridge if not to golf forever certainly to this chapter of professional golf for him it made sense mm-hmm. in, a lot of, in a lot of ways 
So yeah, you want to do that in the evening as the sun goes down. We've all seen Jack and Tom do it. The other thing though is that Darren are fully aware of Tiger's condition. Sure. They're fully aware of the fact he has to have three ice baths a day. <laughs> How is he going to possibly do his cool down and his warm up mm-hmm. in time for round two? Well, I kind of like that. Arne is saying you're not special. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh, which is uh, something I respect. At the same time, there isn't a single person in this press room. That we're looking at hundreds of people right now. There's not a single person who would choose any other story than Tiger Woods to play well this week. Mm-hmm. So it is. It is kind of weird. Like in media, you're not supposed to root for players, but you do root for storylines and things that are fun to cover. And and that is the most fun story to tell here. So. I think it's a shame because it's probably going to be just a two-day story. It right? looks like it. A 36-hole yeah. story. But that's okay because there's just looking at the leaderboard, we have a, a lot more a lot more stories to tell. Don't we, Justin? I want to come to a few of those certainly after the break. But let's go to Cam Young first of all because he is the leader right now. 64, 8 under round today. He's a name that's going to be, I think, unfamiliar to an awful lot of people who are listening to this. A young American guy, 25 years old. What can you tell us about Cam Young, Sean? What do we sure. need to know? Well, he's probably going to be the PGA Tour Rookie of the Year. Um, he's, I would, I would guess he's the the favorite at this point. I mean, especially if he has a, a finish this weekend, uh, that could win that award for him. He is, he is of the new age modern player, and that's what we say about all young players, right? He just absolutely hammers it. He's kind of got a t- uh, a pause at the top of his swing, a la Hideki Matsuyama. <laughs> um, but this is just like the the next crop of American stars. Everyone always says like, oh, the young guns. It's like, it means different people every single year. And he's, he's the current, you know, iteration of the young gun. He, he went to Wake Forest, played in college with Will Zalatoris. So like people know that name. He played well at Brookline a month mm-hmm. ago. Like these guys that they come up through the ranks, they need to have, uh, they almost feel like they need to lose a major in order to like actually finish off and win one. I think he, he didn't give away Brookline or the PGA Championship at Southern Hills, but he definitely put his name in the running. And so, like, he dealt with the regret and, and the feeling that he lost that week. And uh, you know what's so funny is he shot 13 over par last week at the Scottish Open. I know. Right? Like, yeah. Lynx golf is Lynx golf, but it's not the same at every Lynx golf course. And Renaissance Club is very different than the old course. But Cam Young, like, he sucked last week. <laughs> to put a word on it, he, he sucked last week. And he came here, and now he's... Eight under, he very well could have shot nine under or mm-hmm. ten under today. He had a short putt on fourteen and they missed, a short putt on fifteen that he missed. Those are birdies like that were just waiting for him to grab them. We would be talking about a sixty-two potentially at the old course today. And uh yeah, that that would keep us from talking about Tiger for a long time. <laughs> God wouldn't adjust. So what is it that Cam Young does particularly well? Why why is he able to produce the results he's been well, producing? Well he, he hits the ball a really long way. Right, and I don't want to oversimplify it, but in the modern game of golf on the professional level, it is hit the ball a really long way and chase it. And mm-hmm. there's been a lot of discussion in town, honestly. That's what's been cool about being here for a month. Is like people have been talking about the one thing they wanted to see more out of St. Andrews is not more firmness necessarily. It's not even necessarily more wind. It's like, okay, maybe that rough needs to be a little bit thicker. Mm -hmm. I played the course the final two evenings before they shut the course down for a month. And people, the caddies were saying, you know what? Like they need to water up this rough. 
And so Cam Young, again, this is this is a story about Cam Young. He drove it really well today and did yep. not drive it into trouble. He's going to probably keep that same mentality and just hit driver everywhere and make birdies as a result of it. But he won't do that for 72 holes. And so the modern young player that just hits hit driver all over this place, they'll shoot under par. But if the rough is thick enough in certain spots, that's how this place has a little bit of defense to it. He just didn't find it today. I imagine he'll find it tomorrow. He's too young. This is too big of a moment. The 150th Open, like, there's enough fright in that mm-hmm. when you're getting chased by Rory McIlroy. He'll run into something, but some of these guys are just so fearless that it doesn't hit them until, like, super late. Exactly. It'll be fascinating to see how he copes with the, the pressure of leading tomorrow, particularly, as you say, when he's got such a stellar chasing cast coming right up behind him. We'll talk more about them in just a couple of seconds' time. When we think speed, we think about speed tuning every aspect of the new Rogue ST drivers. Really? I just think about smashing it. When we think total power, we think of our tungsten speed cartridge. A what speed cartridge? I don't know. But I like what it does. When we think max distance, we think of... Oh, that's bomb! With our fastest, most stable driver ever, there's only one thing you'll think about. Smoked it. Bombed. See ya. Think speed. Go Rogue with Callaway, the kings of distance. The moments, the memories, the chance to be there. Apply now for tickets for the 151st Open, Royal Liverpool 2023. Head over to theopen.com. Ticket ballot closes on Wednesday the 20th of July. Welcome back, part two of today's Open Commute in association with Callaway Golf. Michael McEwen here at St Andrews. I'm joined, of course, by Sean Zach of golf.com. Just before the break there, Sean, we're talking about Cam Young. Eight under par, 64, leads by two from Rory McIlroy. You've written a little about Rory for golf.com today. People can jump on and read it. What did you see from Rory today? What were you impressed by? And bluntly, can he do it? Will he do it? Yeah, Uh, I saw a guy in in extreme control of his golf ball. you know, he played with Colin Morikawa and Xander Shoffley. He beat both of them today. And Morikawa was asked, like, how does today's round of 66 from Rory size up to that 64 that he had Sunday at Augusta? And Morikawa played with him then. That's the last time that I was on your podcast. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, today was, was pretty pretty darn perfect, but not perfect. You know, the 64 at Augusta was flawless, Morikawa said. So I saw Rory... It's some derivative below flawless today. He made one bogey on 13. He said he was trying to be a little too cute with the approach. But other than that, like he made most of the birdies look pretty easy. Um, the course is playing extremely short for a long player like him. He's shown a lot more, I think, touch. I, I, I like to use the word dexterity in his game, like hitting tidy little pitch shots. Mm-hmm. You know, you won't be able to do it all week here, but... We haven't always seen that from Rory. The guy who wins all over the PJ Tour plays a lot of Americanized aerial golf. Well, this is not aerial golf at all. This is on it's the not ground at all, golf. Is it? Um, but the question of can he do it, will he do it, was on my mind as I was out there on like the 15th tee today, just kind of talking to people. And like, there's just a restlessness that we have with him at this point. He shoots the low round on fr- on Thursday at Southern Hills. Holy cow, he's gotten over the first round demons that he's had. Um, he obviously gave it back in the second round, but then at Brookline, he goes out 67-69. He's in, the, I think, the penultimate group. 
um, on Saturday at Brookline and then gives a little bit back, I think, at the 73 on Saturday. And so, yeah, I, I can't blame people for the restlessness. But I get the feeling that everyone wants it to happen. It <laughs> like, feels like it, doesn't it? <laughs> he's, he's the real favorite amongst everybody out there. Everybody. And I think some of that has to do with, you know, his pro PGA Tour stance against the live golf stuff. Uh, you know, not he's he's human. He says that like any amount of money is not going to change his life. People are pulling for Rory. His dad seems like the happiest man. Like Rory <laughs> makes his family happy. It's just tricky, man. He called this golf course fiddly. He called it tricky. That surprised me because <laughs> those are negative expressions. I know. <laughs> and he's just gone out there and he, you know he, he shot a sixty-six that, as you rightly say, was close to being flawless. Yeah. I don't want to hear little negatives, you know, going coming out of Rory's mouth. He's too real. <laughs> well, that's it. Or is that a good thing because he's not getting complacent? There are two ways of looking at it, yeah, I guess. I think that I would tend towards the latter, meaning like he's extremely aware that this golf course is not set up to necessarily help him out. Mm -hmm. And fiddly, meaning like attention to detail, meaning like hyper awareness, hyper focus is what it requires. Like he, he mentioned the 17th hole. He hits this wildly long drive i think it went 368 yards yep. down the left side and he's in the fairway it's like 85 yards left and he's got a lob wedge in his hand and he's like holy crap what if i if i thin this thing he said it's going to go to the middle of town and i don't know <laughs> if he's completely accurate or if he was just exaggerating but that's Could finish up in your bedroom yeah ex exactly <laughs> i would love that but he ended up going with a gap wedge and kind of tugged it and it looked like a horrible shot to me yeah. i was out there walking i was like gosh that's bad and jamie weir of sky sports was like that's pretty awful <laughs> and looked, i can hear jamie say yeah that. and and it looked bad but rory talking afterwards was like i knew 85 yards out in the fairway that four is a great score here mm -hmm. and i think that kind of shows like holy cow he is not trying to be too aggressive he's taking what this course will give him he knows that that is a hell of a, a golf hole a really hard golf hole and uh he's gonna ha be happy with four the whole way so he sounds like mentally he knows how to take down saint andrews now what's tricky is that like he's he's a lot of people have followed in his footsteps. Cam Young, we discussed earlier, like he can hit the ball just as far as Rory, he can hit it just as tight as Rory, can get just as hot with the putter as Rory can. Does Rory have an advantage on any of these young guys taking on this old course? I'm not sure, but the mentality I'm very comfortable with. Uh -huh. uh, he has experience of winning majors, but he has the pressure that they don't necessarily have. Yes, and that dichotomy freaks me out <laughs> if i was him if i was harry like you oh, know carrying the bag like the pressure only increases he only gets asked about it every single major he only has to doubt himself like if he doesn't get it done this week he's got another eight months before the next major which is the masters which is his ultimate bugaboo yeah. like he has to he has to be extremely comfortable with that stuff i think to actually get it done he seems like he is he said everything is nice and quiet within his game right now but like this place will not be quiet the longer no. he contends. No, exactly right. I'm looking at the leaderboard just now, and there's a couple of names that stand out for me. I mean, obviously, Cam Smith, fantastic round. He's just a shot behind Rory, three off Cam Young's lead. But I'm very interested by the fact that Dustin Johnson and Scotty Scheffler have come in with 68s, a pair of them, so four under par. Four off the lead, two behind Rory. 
but they did it in the worst of the conditions. Mm-hmm. The afternoon wave, okay, we've seen bigger extremes at the Open Championship at St Andrews in years gone by. Afternoon wave was a shot, give or take, mm-hmm. tougher. So for them to come in the house with that, that to me, they're very impressive rounds. Oh, yeah. Well, you remember how when Tiger Woods was at his peak and like players above him on the leaderboard were legitimately scared of him when he was lurking? I know Scotty Scheffler is not Tiger Woods, but this year he's been playing like, he's like, been Tiger, playing Woods. like Tiger Woods. And so he's contended in two of the three majors this year. He would obviously add a third out of four majors this week. Like looking down the leaderboard, eventually, if Scotty Scheffler's there, you should be afraid of him. He is playing incredible golf. He is so dialed. He's on this heater. They're, they haven't changed a single thing about their approach this week. He's got one of the best caddies in the world on his bag and one of the best coaches in the world in his camp. Like, Scotty Scheffler should freak you out because he's a, he's kind of a field player. Like, he's used to playing in the wind in Texas. He, he went out there and was four under through nine holes. Like, I don't know. Scotty, he, he freaks me out because he's on such a heater that DJ doesn't as, as much because he just he isn't playing like high level golf anymore. But yeah, he's he's one of the greatest players who ever lived. So you have to be afraid of him. Ooh, hang on. DJ is one of the greatest players that ever lived. I'll give you the opportunity to dial that back if you wish or to double down. I think I think he's got to be somewhere in between, I guess, what I just said and what you mm-hmm. would would put him at. I do think he's 20 PGA Tour wins, making it look extremely easy. He doesn't have the total number of majors to like stack up with everyone. Um, and who does that remind you of? Greg Norman. <laughs> well, well, now they're in bed together. So, Well, there we have it, which is a beautiful segue. Cause I, actually, I'm looking, I'm seeing one of their fellow live men, Taylor Gooch, four yeah. under as well, currently in a tie for fourth. Bryson. Yeah, I, I mean, that's... It, Ian I, Poulter. I, I, I can't say for sure, but I'm guessing, I'm guessing it's much like the Ryder Cup out there for Taylor <laughs> at the moment. But you're right. I mean, a good day for live golfers. A you know, huge Bryson's day. done well. Poulter's done well. I think Lee Westwood's done pretty well too. Yes, Paul Casey was going along really nicely. And it is the it's the story that just won't go away. Mm-hmm. We spoke a little bit, Kyle and I, yesterday about Martin Slumbers and the RNA's response, which we think was a lot more strongly worded than we were expecting. Yeah. But today, after the rounds, it's continued. There's been a little bit of tete-a-tete. You know, mm. Lee Westwood said that Tiger, he responded to Tiger's comments earlier mm. this week. Again, Tiger a bit more fulsome in his dissection of what yeah. golf is and stands for. He gave us a monologue. He's never given us a monologue before. But Westwood hit back saying, well, he's got a vested interest, doesn't he? It just feels like there's, we're not, we've now reached the point of petty warfare with it, haven't we? For sure. And Greg Norman, frankly, I think started that a little bit when, well, gosh, with the Shirley you jest letter, but also just <laughs> recently on social media, you know, clapping back at Jay Monahan. I think this could be a very interesting side story that just we won't realize until Sunday. It's like if Live Golf has three guys that finish in the top 10, they're going to talk about it at the mm-hmm. next Live Golf event, which is not too far from now uh, on Donald Trump's doorstep. Like th- this could be, they could uh, argue for world ranking points when they have three golfers finish in the top 10 this week. Hey, we've got a phenomenal field and we're doing really well in majors. Like things like that. Well, that makes could, our case stronger, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. It become little 
bullets in their chamber like hey we're just as good as we say we are and even better than you guys say we are um you know that's a pretty flimsy argument in my opinion but there's been a lot of flimsy arguments <laughs> over the summer that's how that's how it's been going phil mickelson today he was given the opportunity to clap back at tiger woods you know tiger mm-hmm. we, he's made those comments he's had a bit of a monologue he also has been strangely chirpy about phil even when you think back to the announcement of the the pip earnings mm. when he, he posted an almost sarcastic tweet when phil had claimed the win and then tiger yeah. doubled down and went well actually no you've not it feels like tiger has been don't i say unkind towards phil he didn't reach out to him as we know when he stepped away from the game he tiger himself volunteered that information that he yeah. hadn't reached out to him Phil has taken, strangely, the moral high ground with Tiger. After his round today, he said, you know, I respect his opinion, and he's a great champion, I'll always respect his opinion, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, Phil doesn't have any other choice. It paints Tiger (laughs) in a bit of a bad light, though, that Phil, the villain of the piece, is being nice to him. I know, but people love Tiger. Tiger can get away with anything. He's gotten away with a lot. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Um, mm -hmm. Phil, in, that, in my opinion, Phil doesn't have another choice. I think Phil is has receded into this extremely quiet corner of the golf world um, where he hopes people won't bother him, people won't judge him as much, that he can exist long enough there that we might forget about some of the things that we've known from him the past few years. Like he's there's there's another book coming out later this year that oh, really <laughs> that is going to share some details on his his gambling addiction um and so yeah i think phil cannot make headlines right now he knows it it's a good point it's a good point <laughs> what did you make of phil's outfit today was he wearing a t-shirt i think he was wearing a, a t-shirt underneath his uh his quarter zip you know it's interesting i as a visitor to scotland have honestly ran into my own dilemmas with with dress because i brought over probably six golf shirts but like four of them have the uh like mock collar neck oh right okay uh just for some reason that's what i forgot to pack is like true collared shirts (laughs) and i just like i can't show up to crail golfing society with like you know like a speed collar and i can't show up to ely without a collar right and so i've honestly been just using the same three golf shirts so I feel a little bit of Phil's dilemma there, like just cover it up with the, the quarter zip mm-hmm. and you know, act like you're wearing a collar underneath. I guess he doesn't have the luxury of jumping onto tour trucks anymore to perhaps no. take something if he's forgotten things. Exactly. So uh, it's just another tiny little page in this new book about Phil. It's just like, <laughs> oh, what are you wearing this week? Oh, you're wearing an Augusta National logo at the Live Golf London event. Now yeah. you're wearing a black, you know, I don't know. It could be just an undershirt, right? Yeah, no collar, easily. or perhaps a live golf T-shirt. I mean, if it was maybe hot out there, and he revealed that, my goodness, the place <laughs> would have melted down. But uh, yeah, interesting times <laughs> with Phil, as they as they always are. I want to stick on the sartorial point for a second. Justin Thomas made some headlines today. I say headlines; it's social media more than anything else. With well, the camo hoodie was almost an afterthought. People are going crazy about his ankle-displaying joggers. Yes. Now, you're dressed very snazzily, I must say, in a bit of an Arnold Palmer-styled cardigan today, Sean. I'll take so, that. Yes, yeah, I'm liking it. It's very good. So, in your expert opinion, yeah. was JT's outfit a success or a fail? Um, gosh, am I going to sit on the fence and say neither? It <laughs> definitely wasn't a success. Uh, I would trend towards fail... 
only because I have a couple questions about it. Like, for one, it it was a little windy and somewhat chilly today. Like, cover up your ankles, man. Like, you don't want like we don't need to see the skin on a kind of chilly, windy day. Um, but secondly, the hoodie I enjoy. I think mm-hmm. the hoodie's cool. I think hoodies in golf should be a thing. Why can't it just be a single color? There's four different colors on the camo. Just give us one black or one dark green or one navy. That's all it needs to be. You don't need to go camo plus joggers. The only thing he recovered it with was black shoes. Like yes. clean black shoes made that look a little bit more fine. If you went with clean white shoes, then maybe there would be headlines and not just social media well, posts. Potentially, potentially. It's funny, we're, we're talking about clothing and golf. And the one thing that has flown so far under the radar Angel Cabrera showing up to his trial in Argentina, getting sentenced to two years in jail, wearing President's Cup gear throughout <laughs> the entire trial, which wow. is probably the biggest success the President's Cup has ever had so, well, in know, terms of PR. That reminds me of something that I was thinking about earlier this week. Live Golf versus the PGA Tour, right? It is the story of the summer, the story of the year. It, it feels like the spider web of implications is extremely wide with that. And it extends to the Ryder Cup, right? If you are not a member of the PGA Tour, that means you are not a member of the mm-hmm. PGA of America, which means you cannot be a member of the American Ryder Cup team. That's a big deal. But that's not a big deal until next year, 13, 14 yep. months from now. Imagine if this was a Ryder Cup year. Because we used to have Ryder Cup years in uh, even number of years. That's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's a President's Cup year, which the PGA Tour would argue matters just as much. And maybe Taylor mm-hmm. Gooch would argue matters just, <laughs> just as much. But the, the, the thing is, like, the President's Cup is supposed to matter, but no one is talking about the members of those teams and who's set up to be on those teams. If this was a Ryder Cup year and whoever commits to live golf next would suddenly be off the Ryder Cup team, people's minds would be melting. Yes. Like people would be absolutely freaking out. And it just is such a weird um, and obvious and a bit like visceral reminder that like, hey, we don't care about the President's Cup. The mm-hmm. Ryder Cup is all that matters because, you know, if that was happening this year, people would be freaking out. Maybe a PGA Tour versus live golf Ryder Cup style fight to the death is the denouement for the new Netflix golf series. A bit like, you know, the ending of Anchorman 2, where yes. just, they all appear yes. and they just have it out. Maybe yeah, that is No what touching the, of the he- the, he- the hands or face. Exactly. <laughs> maybe hair or face. Well, we know that Phil is definitely going to ask for that, but, but I presume that's what the producers of the Netflix show have maybe had in mind all along. Maybe it's one big conspiracy, Sean, and we've all fallen for it. I just want to know what they would call that cup. Right, we've got the President's Cup, the Ryder Cup, and then the PGA Tour versus Live Cup. <laughs> Send know. in your suggestions, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is just about all we have time for on that somewhat tangential, bizarre note. <laughs> Before we go, let's move it away from Live and let's get back to the 150th Open, Sean. There's a great stat from the doyen of golf stats, Justin Ray, <laughs> who pointed out that since 1939, the winner of an open at St Andrews has always been within three shots of the lead after round one. Oh, that's funny. Which, yeah, there's three dudes. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So I presume you're going to tell me that's going to fall this year. But who are you seeing on that leaderboard that you think well, is going to be the way it stands right now? There are ten people tied for fourth, and they are actually some hitters. I mean, DJ Scheffler, as we discussed, but Victor Hovland. That guy played great golf today. He had yes. two ridiculously horrible eyes in some of the pot bunkers out here. Like that could easily happen again tomorrow. But that's the kind of luck that I think 
averages out over the week. And yeah, he got unlucky today. Maybe he'll get lucky tomorrow. So a guy like Hovland, uh, Cameron Smith, I, I, I would say Hovland uh, as 1B and Cam Smith as 1A. I mean, Cameron Smith, we're talking about a guy who has played as good of golf as Scotty Scheffler this year. I think, like, mm-hmm. I think those guys are the envy of everyone, them and Matt Fitzpatrick. And if Cam Smith's going to end this year the best golf of his life, the best golf we've seen from an Australian since Jason Day, with just the Players' Championship victory, well, he also won in Hawaii, but like, it's going to be a slight letdown because he's been so good everywhere. He's yes, good in Augusta. Exactly. He's, he's been good in so many places. If he's good, not great here, it'll be a bit of a letdown. So, so that's your guy, Cam Smith. That would be my guy. I mean, obviously, Rory, but we, we're not we're not going to get too hyped. Let's, about Rory. let's not one say round it out loud too yeah. often. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly. just jinxing it. Sean, it's always a pleasure to have you on the pod. Thank you so much for joining us again. Please continue to enjoy St Andrews, and don't forget us when you go back home. <laughs> I will never forget Scotland. Good man. Thank you for that. And thank you to you for listening as ever. Round two of the 150th Open. You'll be sitting down to watch this potentially right now as it's happening. So do enjoy the rest of it. What a thrilling conclusion to the championship we have in store. I'll be back again tomorrow with another guest. Until then, enjoy the golf. Bye-bye for now.